0: what uh what's a picture of god you grew up with i was thinking about that as uh, as i was working on this how did your view you know how did you view or understand god and his character you know as as you were growing up um this came up on tuesday at the tuesday morning men's bible study uh, you know, we we talked about this just a little bit. It came up in our discussion as, as we were looking at Titus there. But um, it kind of came up in our discussion. And I mentioned that I grew up with a picture of God waiting to whack me if I stepped out of line. You know, that, uh, you know, I needed kind of the grand disciplinarian. You know, that's, that's the picture of God that I had in my you know, in my mind as I was growing up, you know, that he just kind of wanted us to toe the line. I probably would have also told you that love, you know, love, love was kind of wrapped up in God there somewhere, somehow. You know, That it had something to do with God. I couldn't have explained it very well to you. I couldn't have explained the love of God very well to you. You know, there was a real disconnect. Uh, I would have seen his disciplinarian side Outweighing his love side. I would have seen, I, I, I did see his disciplinarian side canceling out the love side, actually. Uh, you know, and, and um, you know, I know that that's a very distorted picture of God. But it's also a picture many people still have today. Might be a picture that some of you still have today. Uh, you know, but, but it's, it's not, you know, it's not the picture of God. We're going to spend ten weeks, uh, looking at the heart of Jesus. And I believe, you know, going through it, we will all have a clearer picture of God. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, at the beginning, we, we have the books out there, Gentle and Lowly. Um, and, I, you know, as I was, as I was listening, you know, to Dane Ortland once again, uh, talking about that, um, You know, it's easy for an author to promote his book. But one of the things, just to show you a little bit of the heart of of that guy, um, you know, these copies we have out there, um, they sent us 100 copies for free. They never asked for any money. They didn't ask for a penny, you know, for us to to get these books to be able to give out to everyone. Uh, I I mentioned to you before, Pastor Kent and I had read this, you know, in our pastors group. uh, uh, One of the groups, sometimes it seems like there's meetings all the time, but one of the groups of pastors we meet with, we read read different books and we get together and discuss them. This was one of them that we did that with. And uh, as we were reading it, it just really grabbed me. And I thought, you know, our people need to see this. Our people need to hear this and then after we were done reading it is when we got this offer from the publisher um you know that we could get this book for free and i thought we need to we need to spend some time looking at it you know as a church we need to spend some time you know uh, in there and and looking at it so anyway if you if you haven't grabbed one grab one on the way out if you have it participate in a group somehow if you can't make one of you know if you can't make one of the groups you know home study groups that we have there then let me encourage you to do this take one of the books give it to someone your neighbor don't just give it out you know willy-nilly because willy lives on my street but you know just don't don't give it out you know just to someone you're never going to see again grab a copy give it to someone and say i'm reading this you know would, would you read this would you read this also you know and get to get talk to them even if it's just over the phone Then talk to them about it you're going to help them you're going to get more out of it also you know as you as you take that time so you know let me you know it pulls us into the scripture just simply connect with someone you know a family member a friend a group you know it doesn't have to be the home bible study it could just be you and another person you know just just be able to do that um, let's pray and we're going to begin our journey together father thank you for your heart your heart of love what a great gift that is i know i misunderstood it as a as a kid growing up and i know i don't understand it fully now but i also know i want to i want to understand it better i want to understand it more fully more completely i want to understand how your heart works in my life every single day so help me help all of us to draw closer to you thank you for the 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 book that uh, gives us a little guidance but it pulls us into your word which is the book we really want to connect with we want to connect more with what you tell us in your word because that expresses your heart so teach us as we look into it today, and have it make a uh, just have it help us to understand a little bit more your heart, your love, and your care for us. We pray in Christ's name, Amen. We're going to be in Matthew chapter eleven. That's actually the first chapter. It's it's kind of where um, where it comes from. If you turn there, Matthew chapter eleven, page eight hundred ninety six uh, in the pew Bible. And uh you know, the eleventh chapter, if you look in if, if you look at the eleventh chapter of Matthew, it starts out, um, you know, John the Baptist uh sent some of his disciples uh you know to he, he went he went to prison and he sent some of his disciples, you know, go see because he had pointed out Jesus to his disciples and and, and some of his disciples left and became Jesus' disciples. Well, then he sent, you know, some of his disciples after he was arrested and said, go check this guy out again. OK, I really need to know. I really need to know if this is who it is. So they come to Jesus and they ask him. That's what you see at the beginning of the chapter. You know, they come to Jesus and, and they're asking him. And, and he said, and, and Jesus replies, you know, go and tell them, you know, and, and, and tell them the things you see. And he explains then about a little bit about John to the people there and the importance of John the Baptist ministry. And then he transitions into the fact that people had closed their ears to the ministry of the prophets. As he's speaking about John and really John's prophetic ministry, he goes and he, he bring, pulls in there that they've, in, they've historically ignored the, uh, the ministry of the prophets, that they haven't paid attention as, as they should uh, to the ministry of the prophets. And then those thoughts lead Jesus into a prayer and really two proclamations, and that's where we pick up the chapter. Drop down to verse 25 with me, if you will. Matthew 11 verse 25 it says at that time Jesus said I praise you father lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to infants yes father because this was your good pleasure all things have been entrusted to me by my father no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son And anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. Now let's look at these verses a little bit more before we move on to really the main proclamation. Uh, Verses 25 and 26, I consider a prayer. Now I consider them a prayer because look there, Jesus is is addressing His Father. Uh, That's what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking with God. I mean, you know, sometimes we, we, get, we, we get all confused and we think maybe we need to have, you know, say the proper words or say the proper phrases. Um, you know, and you don't have to have any special words or phrases. I remember, you know, I did, I, I memorized some prayers as a kid. Maybe you did too. And I remember some of them. One of them I remember, um, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake. That was frightening to me. When I paid attention to what I was praying, it was like, I, I, I don't want to die before I wake you know yes i want the lord my soul to take but i don't want to die before don't let's not do that tonight jesus you know let's not uh you know this this whole thing you know and you know and probably we all you know one way or another learn the you know the our father also called the lord's prayer our father of art in heaven hallowed be thy name you know and and we probably all learn that um but often we pray these without really thinking about them and when i paid attention to what i was praying you know it was a little frightening you know uh, uh, you know uh, uh, if i should die before i wake no 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 you know let's let's not let's not uh, we pray some prayer sometimes without even thinking about what we're praying about you know and not really meaning even what we're saying you know and here though you see jesus is talking with his father talking with god you know and that's what prayer is talking with god expressing your heart to him now i told you you know you don't need special words or anything but i would also tell you you express your heart to him with honesty and with reverence because why god love while god does love you he's not your big buddy you know he he's 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 not the man upstairs he's not your wish granter he's not just one of the guys you know remember he is god Look what it says, verse 25. Lord of heaven and earth, this is who we get to address. This is who we have the privilege and honor of speaking to. And, and when you speak to him, you know, like he's just this big bubbly friend of yours, you know. Uh, that, that's great that you can have that outlook and that opinion, but I would say don't disrespect him by your attitude towards him he is lord of heaven and earth now he does desire to talk to us he does like to talk to us but remember he is God we are not directing him when we pray we are not giving him instructions and directions about how to do our life yes we can you know we can and should speak to him honestly and sometimes honestly we struggle But in that struggle, let's always remember that he is Lord of heaven and earth. That he is the one who loves us so much that he gave us his son, who gave his life for us, and that he is going to work for our good. And, you know, we can honestly say, Lord, I I don't understand this, but I do understand who you are, the God of heaven and earth, the one who loves me. You know, we can do that, and we can talk to Him. But remember, you know, He is God. Now, as Jesus starts this prayer, He starts out with praise. That's a good way for us to start our praying as well. To start out with praise, to remember what a great God He is, to remember the good things that He has done, to remember His love for us. You know, to, to, to remember even in the midst of pain and struggle, you know, not only that He is God, but that He has, has and really still is working. And then comes that phrase, he says, You have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to infants. And that can give us pause at first. So, but, but as you look at this, you know the wise, you know, means those those who are self sufficient. That's how it's used here and that's how it's used often in Scripture often in scripture when it's talking about about the wise now sometimes it does use as far as being wise and following god but it often uses it also in talking about the wise meaning those who think they are wise those who think they have all the answers those who who think you know because they have the answers they really don't even need god you know because they they know and so he's speaking here really about those who are self-sufficient and when he's talking about infants, he's talking about those who depend on God, not those who are infantile, not those who are not mature, because he wants us to grow into, into the full maturity of Christ. He wants us to grow in him. So when he's talking about infants here, he's talking about those who depend on God. Infants depend on others, really, for everything. Now, even as they grow, you, you know, I got, I got a text from Peter uh, just yesterday asking me a question about something. You know, he's my son. He's, he's grown, you know, he's a man, he's a father, you know, and, and I think he's doing a great job, you know, raising his kids. And, and, uh, but that he, he had a question and he wanted my thoughts and my opinion on something. You see, so when he's talking about being an infant, he's talking here, you know, about about having that dependence on God, about having that connection of realizing we are not self-sufficient. And Second Samuel says, "You rescued, you rescue an afflicted people, but your eyes are set against the proud. You humble them." Proverbs chapter twenty-one says, "The, the proud and arrogant person named mocker." acts with excessive pride because they think they have all the answers james chapter 4 verse 6 but he gives greater grace therefore he says god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble you see, he's, this is what he's talking about, he's talking about the infant, those who are humble enough to be able to come to him, to realize that, they, that we don't have all the answers, and to come to him and ask him for guidance, for direction, to express to him, you know, our, our need for him really, that we don't want to go through life without him. Now, Jesus spoke of the openness and and unhindered acceptance, really, of a child. And that's how we should come to him. In Matthew chapter 18, he says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And they expected the diatribe on who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And not only to list that, but they kind of hoped to get in there a little bit, too. You know because they argued more than once about who was going to you know who was Jesus' right-hand man, who was going to get the best seat next to him, uh, you know and who could be number two and three in his thing, and you know they, they had that argument before, so as then he called a child to him and had him, had him stand among them. I assure you, he said, unless you are converted and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. therefore whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, again, he's not telling us to be childish. You know, when he says, unless you're converted and become like children, he's not telling us to be childish because he explains then, he says, therefore what, whoever humbles himself like this child, whoever humbles himself and doesn't walk in pride but realizes that they need that relationship with God, that they don't have all the answers, that even in their own, in, you know, in their own wisdom, they will fall far short of all that God has for us. You know, some folks feel they have all the answers. All the answers they need, you see, and they, they don't see a need for God. And for them, just as it says here, for them, the things of God are hidden. They're hidden behind their self-sufficiency. You know the, the, Their confidence in their own thoughts cover and obscure the things of God. They can't see because they themselves are in the way. And their own knowledge, their own ideas, their own desires. And those get in the way. You know, those who realize their need and that they're lost without God, they come with the open trust of an infant. And they come, even though I may not understand. I know you are God. Even though I don't understand, I know you love me. I haven't seen many toddlers once they're corrected um, get up and you know look for different parents you know yeah every once in a while well, I'm going to grandma's house good you know you had a cooler mother than I did you know and you, know, you, I, you have a, I have a cooler mother than you do that's what I meant you know, you know I, that that's great you know uh, but the reality is who do they want even when they're corrected I know this lady called Mom and this guy called Dad still love me. You see, here's the picture of what he's talking about, even though we don't always get it. We know that that love of God you know, comes through in a very clear way that I can trust Him. You know, God's not trying to make things difficult for us. In fact, He makes sure those who come to Him sincerely will find Him. Jeremiah chapter 29 love this this verse these verses here you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart I will be found by you this is the Lord's declaration well I haven't found I haven't got answers you know that's because most oftenly we at best half-heartedly search for God we are distracted by so many other things you know it it, it, probably the biggest distraction you know at at least for me is what i want and now when i say that i also mean by that the way i want things to be in this world even you see when i'm talking about that we come to god with what we want and we think that you know sometimes I'm, i'm not just saying that you know Give me more stuff. We talked about that for the last four weeks, you know, so listen to those sermons if you want to. But that that's not really the, the gist of what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when we think of what I want, when I think about the way things should go in my life and the life of those around me. In this country and in this world. And we pray to God as if He's unaware that these are going on, as if this is out of his control. We pray as if he is not the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. We, you know, but he has told us when we seek him with all our heart, "I will be found by you. I'm not hiding jesus said you know everyone the father gives to me will come to me and the one who comes to me i will never cast out god wants us to know him but here's the deal he doesn't force anyone you know now some people may feel strongly compelled but no one comes to jesus against their will so we're messing with the theology of those of us with a reformed position here no one comes no one comes to jesus against their will Now let me mess with the theology of those, with those of us that have a Wesleyan perspective. Uh, Because no one also comes to God without God's involvement. Scripture is pretty clear on that. Ephesians chapter 2, for you are what? Saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's God's gift. Not from works that no one can boast. Romans chapter 8, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. You see, because he tells us right here, look at verse 26 in Matthew 11 there. It is God's good pleasure that we come to know him as God it's god's good pleasure that we come to know him as god jesus as our savior the spirit is our constant companion the one who lives in us the one who lives with us that's what he wants us to know this is what he wants us how he wants us to be able to live some of the other translations give a, a broader understanding of that phrase in verse 26 you know according to his good pleasure i'd encourage you when you when you read scripture um you know we all have our favorite translation Uh, Let me encourage you to, you know, broaden that out a little bit sometimes and look at other translations. It'll help give you a little bit clearer picture. But some of the other translations, you know, uh, uh, translate that phrase, good pleasure, uh, in other ways. New American Standard says, um, this way was well-pleasing in your sight. Uh, The uh, New International Version says, this is what you were pleased to do. When I was reading and studying this, I love the way the ESV puts this, the, the English Standard Version. For such was your gracious will. God's gracious will at work in my life. You ever think of that picture? His gracious will. This was His gracious will, what that we would come to know Him. Lines right up with Ephesians. You know when he said that you, know, that it's, 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 you were saved by grace through faith. And that is the gift of God. God wants us to know Him. He wants a relationship with, him, with, with us. And Jesus came and gave us new life so we can have that relationship. You see, He came and gave us new life. I, you know, sometimes I think, you know, God, how can you know? How could you even want me? Uh, you know, uh, how could you even? Uh, what in the world? There is nothing in me that would draw me to that would draw you to me, God. Except apparently there is, because He loved me so much that He gave His one and only Son. That whosoever, every single one, even you, Pat. That whoever loves Him, whoever comes to Him. Because he loved me so much, he gave his son that whoever it is, every single one that believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, have eternal life, have life together with him. and that's how much he loves us. that's how much he that's how much he pulls it in. He wants us to know him and he wants us to know him so intently that he and so intensively which with such passion that he gave us his son so that we can have that relationship that brings us to the proclamation you know uh covered in that in the first chapter of the book gentle and lowly there um and where the verse the title comes from the verse verse 28 pick up with me there matthew 11 verse 28 come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest All of you take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light again what we see here what we see here very clearly you know is that all of those who come to Jesus will find rest no one will be turned away no one is turned away. He is not going to look at any one of us and say, you're too lousy. Get out of here. You know what you did. You know what you just said. Now leave me. That is not what he's going to do. You know, now some will walk away. They'll walk away because they'll cling to the riches of this world. You know, the rich young ruler, when he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? You know, well, there's the other, you know, there's the other one. You know, somebody, somebody will think that what they have to do. What, you know, what, what do I have to do to work for God? What must I do to inherit eternal life? and some will st- some will will you know will walk away because of what they feel they have to do yeah, and some will ignore god because they feel they have all the answers they're wise by this world's standards and they have a lot of answers by this world's standards don't ever don't ever substitute the worldly wisdom for god's word and truth don't ever do that i was thinking about that this week i, I was driving somewhere i don't even remember what prompted the thought but i was Thinking, you know, uh, I, I think it was along with the the evolution of the um, of the um, rules and regulations for the coronavirus, you know, because now it's pretty much hey, do what you want. Um, but I was, w- what I was thinking, you know, uh, and, and here's the thing too with that: I'm not making a statement on whether they were right or wrong. I will make a statement of this was new to them and they were learning. Cut them some slack. Okay, that's just what I'll tell you right now. But anyway, what I was thinking of then was, as I, and in fact, I even know where I was at. I was, I was on Russell Avenue, coming out on negotiation, and I was thinking back to when, uh, when I was a kid, and um, my doctor smoked. They had commercials and advertisements by doctors of which brand they smoked because my doctor smokes Lucky Strike. And you know, it was like seriously, you know, a, a, a Babe Ruth, you know, and, you know, and he's he's smoking, smokes cigars, but it, we know what smoking does now. Then yeah, they were a little bit, but they were going with the, you know, I hate to say they were going with the best knowledge they had. But really, they were, you know, I mean, they were. Um, you know, now that we know a little bit better, sometimes we look back on them smugly. Nah. See, we get into a problem with that because then we begin to think we have all the answers. And when we begin to think we have all the answers, then we begin to ignore what God says. And when we begin to ignore what God says. You know, we are in trouble. And some people, you know, they'll ignore it. You know, you know, because they're too proud, too busy, too distracted, too greedy for the pleasures of this world. But those who sincerely come to Jesus will find rest, he says. No one will be turned away. I can, I can plug into these verses here because I've been weary and I've been burdened. But all of us have. Every single one of you have had those times in life where you have been weary and burdened. And some of us are there right now. Some of you are in the midst of that right now. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus' offer is still available today. Come to me, he says. Come to me come to him don't settle for less and don't try to do life on your own life is hard enough with god sometimes why would you want to do it without him he says come to me he gives us that invitation and he says that he will give us rest we all need rest i was talking to you know one of our well when kent and i were uh, you know pastor kent and i were riding out to to uh, meet with the guys when we were talking about this book even i think it was um, and we meet another pastor here and we drive to warsaw we meet a group who drives in from the other way and as we were driving and uh, uh, this pastor was retiring and he, he's the same age as me and you know he retired and i said what are you retiring for he says i'm tired And when he said that to me, my reply to him was, I get it. We are, you know, we're tired sometimes. And he says, he will give us rest. We all need that rest. Now, let me tell you, rest doesn't mean that we sit back and do nothing. Because look at the very next verse. Bless you. Look at the very next verse. Hey, be glad it wasn't me. Ginny would be Ginny's thrilled it wasn't me because hey, knocked you all off your chair. Uh it says, you know, we, we will give you rest. That doesn't mean that we sit back and do nothing. Look at the very next verse. He tells us, Take up my yoke. That's a picture of active involvement there. That's not a picture of sitting back. That's a picture of active involvement, not kicking back at all. You know, know, we get to rest. Notice what he says there. You know, because Jesus offers to take on that burden, offers, you know, he offers the opportunity to be yoked with him. He says, you know, you be yoked with you, the Lord of heaven and earth. We get the opportunity to be yoked with the Lord of heaven and all of you take up my yoke and learn from me. That is the offer to each and every one of us. That is the offer he makes to every single one of us. As complicated as life can be sometimes, you know, as challenging as it can be sometimes, Jesus offers us the opportunity to be yoked together with him. That's the picture of discipleship. You know, discipleship, you know, it's simply walking with Jesus in the real world. Walking with Jesus in our day-to-day activities. Walking with Jesus through everything of this day. There's that picture of discipleship and being His disciple. Walking with Him through every single thing. And while we're walking with Him, having Him teach us moment by moment how to live His way. And when I say how to live His way... Here's the picture. This isn't real this is not a control thing. This is not a thing where he is trying to control us. When we walk by you know, when we walk with him, when we walk with him, you know, day by day there, you know, and he's showing us how to live his way. What he is showing us is, you know, how you may, as he said, have life and have it to the full. How we can have life abundantly. He, is, he wants us to walk with Him so we can learn how to live His way, which is the way that He designed man to live. Not for control, for our freedom. You won't like to hear this, but you are under control of something now. Like it or not? No, I'm not. I make my own choices. No, you don't you respond to the stimuli around you whether it's the advertisement on television whether it's a neighbor that ticks you off whether it's you know your spouse that looked at you a little cross eyed you respond to the stimuli around you you're following someone he says we'll get that freedom you see Taking a, a, a yoke, his yoke upon us and learning from him, that brings rest. He says it takes the pressure off. It doesn't. It doesn't put pressure on. It relieves the pressure. Now, why does he do this? Look what it says. He says he does this because that's his nature. I am gentle and humble in heart, or gentle and lowly in heart, as some of the translations say. He is gentle and lowly. Uh, Dane Ortland does a, a good job in this book really of defining those words for us. Um, you know, if you haven't read those chapters yet, do that. You know, gentle, meek, humble, gentle. It speaks of a mildness of disposition. That's what that word speaks of. A mildness of disposition. It's a gentleness of spirit, a meekness, not weakness, but a meekness. You know, not harsh or reactionary. He is not waiting for us to step out of line so that he can whack us. That is not what he's doing. I like part of what he, I like all of what he said there, but part of it really stuck out to me. It says, he is the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him. Is not a pointed finger. But open arms. The position most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. Oh, how I wish I would have responded that way to my kids more when we were when we were raising them. What a great picture of a loving father. Now, he certainly has enough reason to be harsh with us. You know, he has more reason than he needs to be harsh with us, but he chooses not to be harsh. Rather, he chooses to be loving and accepting and welcoming. He chooses that because that is his heart. That is his nature. That is his very being. Gentle and lowly. The Holman Christian Standard says humble, gentle and humble. That's the meaning of the word lowly, humble humble. The two words, gentle and lowly, they overlap each other, really. You know, they just really come together. Gentle and humble in heart. Heart. That word came to mean, you know, that entire mental, moral activity, both rational and emotional elements. You see those convictions. It's those convictions, those values, those passions, those temperaments that direct our living. Those things that that motivate our lives. Those things that give us drive to living. We understand that because that's how we use the word. He put his whole heart into it, or his heart's not into this. Where does your heart lie? These are the way we use the word. And Ortland points out in the book, you know that, that what these words tell us is that Jesus is accessible he cares you see he cares we can come to him anywhere anytime and he is always ready for us to come he invites us to come anytime in any place when we were you know had the kids at home and we were raising them one of the things they learned is I am NOT God because when you come to me, if you want an immediate answer when they ask me something, um, my general answer would be no. And I remember having a discussion with some time, and they they came to me and asked me something, and I would I, I started this with them. I look at him. I said, "Do you want an answer right now?" "No, no, just think about it." They'd say, "Okay." You see, and then sometimes when I would think about it, because I needed the time to think, I needed the time to respond, uh, and I would do that more than out of my, my love and my care and my concern for them rather than um, responding because I just didn't feel like it, or this might be irritating, or I just paid the bills, you know, and I don't want to spend any more money, or whatever it was. What I, you see, because I'm influenced by all these things. But we can come to God, and He immediately responds to us out of love out of his gentle and lowly heart that cares about us and that cares for us come and you will find rest he says not in activity because he goes on and he says take up my yoke and learn from me my yoke is easy my burden is light a yoke is what you put on oxen you know so that you can hook a cart or a plow to them a yoke is what you put on oxen so you can burden them So you can give them this burden. But you know, when oxen are yoked together, one of them is always the leader. One of them, you know, the the, the one with the experience and the strength was always there to lead the one yoked together with them. They understood this more when Jesus was talking to them. And what he's offering is he's offering to lead us and to give us the strength we need to go through life with him. Take my yoke upon you. Be yoked together with me. Trust me. I am the one who knows where we are going. I am the one who has the strength for the burden. I am the one who will guide us through to the end. He's giving us all that we need to get through life with him. He cares. That is His nature. That is His heart. One who cares. Stop trying to do life alone. Stop that. Stop trying to do life alone. Stop struggling to do life in your own strength. Stop struggling to do life in your own wisdom. You don't have enough of either one to make it. And to be the person that you need to be. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. He offers himself to us. You know, come to the heart of Jesus the gentle and lowly heart of Jesus. He cares. It matters to Him. Father, thank You for Your Word that tells us even more of Your love, even more of Your grace, even more of Your mercy, to know that you invite us to join with you, that you invite us to cast all our burdens on you. You invite us to be yoked together with you and to walk through this life in and with your strength, helping us every step of the way. Help us not to be foolish and ignore you, but help us to turn and come to you. Knowing the grace and peace and rest that comes from you, through you, into and through our lives, we pray with thanks in Christ's name. Amen.